Hello, and welcome to Season 7 of Faith Fitness and French Toast. As always, I'm your host, Moses Allwood. I want to warmly welcome you back to the podcast. The purpose of this podcast is and always has been simple, to encourage, empower, and inspire athletes of all walks of life in their strength endeavors, faith walk, and of course, their best options for post-workout late-night meals. This morning, I'm joined by Hussam Atea. You may know him online on TikTok, Instagram, or anywhere else as Hussam the Gym Freak. Originating from Iraq, he migrated to the United States at the age of 11 and has gone on through football, wrestling, bodybuilding, and now powerlifting to become a powerhouse in the fitness community. We cover a lot of really, really great stuff today, Um, everything from his childhood to how social media is impacting powerlifting and so much more. Before we jump in, I just want to thank each and every listener for allowing me to get to this point. Seven seasons is significant. It's no small feat. Uh, We've come a long way from where we started, uh, and it is because of listeners and viewers like you that this is even possible. So I want to thank each of you. I'm eternally grateful for it. But with that, I won't keep you any longer. Sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Tom, what is going on, man? Welcome to the show. What's up, brother? Appreciate you for having me, man. It's always an honor to do these podcasts coming from where I came from. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, that's a that's a perfect segue for me. I, you know, we were talking before the show. Uh, we've had a few people request mm-hmm. you. I know we're both East Coast boys, uh, but that's now. That's 2023, right? Uh, so happy New Year, by you, the way. Ha- yeah, happy New Year. Ha- literally yesterday, New Year saved yep. me. To be honest, I just woke up and it's just another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, how did you get involved in this scene in the first place? Where did where did the beginnings of the gym freak start? How do we get to where we are? Uh, man, it's that's a long story, and we got all the time to talk about it, right? We do, we do. <laughs> uh, it started. I was back in the day in high school when I first came into. Uh, I came to America when I was eleven years old, so I was a uh, fifth grader. You know, didn't know a bit of English. Hated school. Hated being in America. You know, I yep. didn't want to be here. I wanted to go back to the Middle East. It was a struggle. Um, I was very athletic, though, from the get-go. That was kind of my way to communicate to people, understand people, was sports. That's all I knew, you know. Um, From there, I went to middle school, played football and all that. It was all about, you know, picking sides and stuff. I didn't like that, you know. I always was, as a kid, stood out, you know, and I didn't care about it. I wasn't trying to fit in with the cool kids. You know, I would just do me, sit on my own tables and everything. I was the first kid in the class every time. We used to get five minutes. I don't know if that was for you, too. Yep, we get five yep, minutes yep. to go from class to class. I use 60 yep. seconds because I would go and sit down. <laughs> you <laughs> Just know? running full pace straight Literally, through the hallway. I see there. the hallways, people hanging out stuff. You know, hello, hello, keep walking. You know, from there, I went to high school, started wrestling, you know, and that was kind of my calling. I loved wrestling. I still do. That's kind of that. That kind of made me grow into the man I am today. And I kind of recommend that sport to any anybody that could do it you know, especially uh, young men. It teaches you so much discipline as a young child because nowadays in our in this day and age, you don't really have a lot of discipline. You don't have a lot of mental toughness, physical toughness. People are so soft, you know, and a lot of people talk about that nowadays. So I'm going all over the place. And then no, this is good. This school, is good, man, please. So sophomore year, I was kind of, you know, getting beat up and stuff. So I was like, man, I need to get stronger. So I started going to the gym with my older brother and uncle, you know, at 14 years old is when I started, sophomore year in high school, that summer, 
and I never stopped since then. So, and I was skipping, you know, every single dance. I never went to no dance in high school. I never went to no prom. I never dated a girl, never asked out a girl. You know, it was all about the sports. It was all about me working out. So people were like, you're, you're a freak, bro. You know, and then I was like thinking about it. I'm like, and I go to the gym and people are like, yeah, you're, you're a gym freak, bro. And I didn't want to do no fitness label, no Hussam fitness, anything like that. That was saturated from back in the day, 20, like mm -hmm. 2009. And, and so I was like, gym freak it is. And, you know, it's been Here gym freak ever since 14 years old. Wow. Yeah. So, so you came from the Middle East when you were, you said you were 11. Yes. So what just family work? Like what brought you to the States? So, uh, we basically, my, my dad was, we were in war. I'm from Iraq. Um, that's where we're at. And, uh, we migrated in, uh, 1997. So 91st where it was the, the Iraq versus Kuwait war. And then, you know, my dad was trying to migrate my whole mom's family side left in 91, you know? So they came here, they left. My dad didn't want to leave his mom. And he also has two siblings, my uncle and my aunt. My aunt is blind and my uncle is disabled, okay? So he didn't want to just leave them and go. And so he went back. So we all went back with him. I wasn't born yet in 91. And then another war happened and then they were trying to get in, you know, kind of get my dad in it and trying to get him in jail. And Saddam was trying to come after him. So. In 97, my dad was a doctor in the army, so he was also helping everybody. Like my mom's side, we're getting shot up and all these things are happening. Some of my uncles got shot. So my dad was kind of helping them out, keeping them safe. And Saddam didn't like that. So then he came after my dad. Therefore, in 97, you know, we fled the scene. We went to Jordan when I was about three years old. So my mom, single mom by herself, because my dad couldn't come with us because he had to run away by himself. So we go to Jordan for a couple of days. Um, my mom's taking care of me, my older sister, and my older brother. And then we have no phones, no communication, no nothing. So I don't know what happened to my dad. We get to Jordan. From there, we go to Syria. I was three years old. We stayed in Syria for eight years trying to get our uh, immigration papers. And every time they would almost get successful, something would pop up. And then eventually we got them in 2002. And then the war between USA and Iraq happened. So they paused it again, you know? Mm. And so basically we couldn't come in 2002 and then the war happened, all those things happened. My dad was like, all right, we're not meant to go to America. Our immigration papers don't wanna go through. In 2005, we're starting to sell our stuff to go back and our immigration papers came out. And wow. we came to America in 2005. Wow. Yep. Holy smokes. Wow, yeah. dude, what a, what a, what a beginning. I mean, and, and so, I mean, I've, I've seen kind of as I followed you, over the last little bit, I mean, your big thing is, is gratitude, you know, mm -hmm. just recognizing the blessings you've been given. And yeah. I mean, to have journeyed through that as a child, like, oh, I, yeah. how has that shaped just even your own mindset about where you're at now? I mean, when you when you look at it, the, the Middle East, the Arabic culture was a very different culture, right? So when we were younger, we weren't allowed to tell our parents, like, we have issues, we're, we're struggling, we're, we're scared, you know, we're having mental instabilities, you know what I mean? And, and as a kid, you're just battling yourself because you think mm -hmm. there's something wrong with you because we grew up in the time where, get your ass up, you're good to go, come on, stop crying, let's right. go, you got to get this done. So we were all the ways in this mentality, but now when I sit with my father and stuff, and my father, you know, he's a doctor, so he's a very aware of everything. And um, when we talk, he's like, man, it's, it's nice to see, like, the struggles you guys went through. Because as a kid, 
going from the first country to the second country, starting all over again, building new friendships, like coming to this country, not speaking English. You know, people called me monkey. They made fun of my English, boater, all this stuff. And I don't understand any of it, you know. So you had to develop your own kind of wall to protect yourself, right? And I couldn't go to my dad and be like, yo, dad, I'm struggling. You know, mom, I'm struggling because they want to understand. They're also developing and trying to understand this country as well. You know what I mean? So it was tough to not have those uh, those things in life, but it also teaches you so many things. And like a lot of people say that learn from things they go through, you know, you can use things in a positive way or you can use them in a negative way. And I just got lucky and used them in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, praise God for that. that that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. So... So you start with football. Obviously, it sounds like that didn't stick for too long. You shifted over to, I was, to I was wrestling. I was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So kind of walk me through that. I, I So a little bit of my backstory. I grew up overseas. So okay. I was born in the States. My parents were missionaries. So I grew up in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, um, nice. And so I moved over when I was 12 uh, and was there for middle school and, and high school. Not as severe of a culture shock. It's still, you know, Western yeah. world. Yeah. But nonetheless, you're 12, you go to another culture, it is what it is, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's still a different world. So oh, yeah. I missed out. Ironic, I'm a big dude. I missed out on my opportunity to play football uh, because I didn't come back till, till college. But I played a little bit of that rugby scene. I did that through middle school. And, and then as I moved into high school, I started doing a little bit of CrossFit and I realized there was way too much cardio going on. And I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> uh, and so I shifted over to more of a, a just a weightlifting, powerlifting scene. So kind of similar timeline as far mm -hmm. as me figuring things out. So, yeah, I'm curious, what was the American football experience like for you uh, in middle school? It was it was fun because I was I was nobody <laughs> again, you know, in middle school. Nobody knew me. So I was that kid that nobody knew, but I would still lay out kids. You know, I was mm -hmm. the second stringer, so they would put me in versus the first stringers. And then I'm over here, middle linebacker, laying out these running backs and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> they're all like, who's this? They started calling me by my number. And then he's like, 55. That was my, like, practice number. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, what's your name? I'm going to call you by your name because you deserve to be called by your name. I still remember that day. So mm -hmm. people start to respect you more. It was fun. It was totally fun. But also, again, my mother was very protective. I don't want you getting a concussion. I don't want you hurting yourself, breaking your nose, you know? So had to pull out after eighth grade. Yeah, there there is that that mindset. I, my mom was also very protective, mm -hmm. you know? She's like, oh, I don't want my, my baby boy to get hurt kind exactly. of thing, you exactly. know? Uh, and so naturally, of course, we chose a sport that puts hundreds of pounds, you know, <laughs> on our bodies. Yeah, right? we'll, we'll put our lives in our own hands, you know? <laughs> um, so you shift into wrestling. Uh, and it sounds like that really shaped a lot of kind of your mindset mm -hmm. towards athletics. Uh, I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about that. What was it about wrestling that really pushed you, you know, out, out of the football thing, out of the, Hey, I'm learning American figuring all this out. I'm going into wrestling. I'm just going to start beating the hell out of people mm -hmm. uh, on a mat. Uh, and, and that's, that's kind of been the driving point. I wonder if you can chat about that a little bit, man. There's a lot of things I can, I can go into with this one. Cause wrestling totally grew me into the man who I am today. Cause the mm. fun thing about wrestling compared to other sports is it's a one V one, right? It's yeah. always on you at the end of the day, making weight is on you. Getting the practicing is on you. You know, how much you put in is literally how much you get out. Right. And that's what I loved about it. I didn't have to depend on anybody. It was me. So I didn't like getting my ass kicked when I first started, you know, and as a kid, you have an ego, you have this, you know, I'm a tough kid kind of mentality mm -hmm. and I'm getting my ass beat as a freshman. I'm like, this ain't going to happen no more. 
you know? And so I started putting in the work and I started to realize the more work that I put in, the better I'm getting, the more disciplined I'm becoming, the more, you know, drive I'm having towards getting better and better. And the result is showing up. And, you know, by my junior year, I was ranked in the state. You know, I won a couple regionals, you know, senior year, I had an injury, but I was still team captain, still went to state. So all these things were, were phenomenal for me. Loved Greco. That was where I went to States Greco and Roman. Okay. Okay. So. Well, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think combat sports in general mm-hmm. are something that I think there's almost the most arrogance about people who like don't do it. Like people that don't do combat sports are like, oh yeah, they're like, dude, throw me in the octagon, throw me in the ring, like whatever. Like I, and, and so like, I think we've even seen like in the last couple years with like boxing and yep. everything. Every single person's like, yeah, I could be a boxer, you know, like, mm-hmm. where where I do think there is so much discipline and there is so much technique and skill required that I think people don't realize it's not just brute force. No, you know, um, it's it's the polar opposite. Um, I, I have I've had very minimal exposure to wrestling other than, you know, teaching basic moves at a summer camp during college. OK, um, but but even in that, you know. There is, you know, you, I would get the kids who would show up and be like, yeah, man, like, I got this. I'd be like, all right, dude, like, square up. And mm-hmm. they'd be like, no, 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 like, I don't, I'm like, no, 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 like, you got, like, go ahead, like, square up, like, do whatever, like, do this move on me. They'll be like, I, I can't. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, sit down. <laughs> like, a lot, of, a lot of people think things are easy, but, you know, I totally think wrestling is one of the toughest sports in the world, you know? Yeah. And, well, and, and, and I feel like how quickly you get gassed out doing it, too. It's tiring. For our warm-ups were 11 miles. Oh. That's before we start wrestling. And then we do shark attack. So shark attack is where you have one person in the middle, and you have everybody coming at you. So you, somebody comes at you, you take whoever gets the first takedown, you get out. Second person comes in, you get no break for five minutes. You're the shark, oh. and everybody's attacking you, you know? So... A lot of things stamina in stamina for that. Yeah. Oh man. That's why when people are like, "How are you in such ease with powerlifting, loading that much weight?" I'm like, "Bro, I've done some hard things in wrestling, where I didn't want to yeah. do as a child, bro." To me, thinking like me right now, I'm 28 years old. I'm a grown man. If I can't control my mindset and my mentality and my aggression, I'm lost, right? But as a 16 year old, 15 year old kid who is lost, a teenager. Knowing how to control all of that, I give myself a props. Like a lot of people, you know, say that I wish I can go back to when I was a kid to let them know how great I'm doing. No, I'm right here at this age. I want to mm. tell my young self how great he's doing. You know, mm. it's the opposite for me. Yeah. No, 100%, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I think back to, you know, 15, 16 years old. I, I was skinny in, mm-hmm. in high school. I was a small little dude in high school. I probably graduated buck seventy five, um, And then at my heaviest in competition, I was up at the 308s. So there's a dramatic Sweet. jump that's, between that's, high school and, 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 and now. That's now, a big jump. Given I, I'm not 308 anymore, but uh, in, in college at least. But I, I do play back when I first started lifting, mm-hmm. 15, 16. The only time that we were allowed to lift... Uh, before school was at like 6 a.m. Yeah. And, you know, Ireland is so far north that uh, the days are really, really short. Mm-hmm. So it's dark until, you know, 8 a.m. And it's getting dark again at 4 p.m. So I'm having to wake up at 16 years old. It's freezing, you know, and I'm wearing my, my sweatpants mm-hmm. and my hoodie and everything and just going in in an empty gym. 
And I mean, bench pressing what a hundred for some reps, you know, yep. but I was like, I'm, I'm in here, I'm working, you know? Yeah. And, and so frequently I have to look back and even now, cause every once in a while, you know how it is. You're like, oh, oh I can't believe I'm still only lifting blank, yep. you know? Yep. And you're like, dude, like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have even thought that this was possible. True. You know, I would never, even looking now, the fact that I'm blessed enough to be able to do this show, that I've been able to chat with as many role models and, and heroes and people as I, as I have is surreal. 15 year old Moses would have been like, we're, we have a podcast. Like yeah. we're doing, you know, and, and so Facts. it is having to remember that it, it's you, it's always been you, right? Like, I don't need to go back and tell anybody. <laughs> like I just need to be like, Moses, just keep going, man. Yeah. Like you're going to get there. You know? I totally get that, man. Sometimes I'd be driving and I just start crying, you know, and people are like, oh, you're not emotional. You're always aggressive. You're, I'm like, bro, y'all don't see that side. You, not many people show that side and no need to show that side. Right. That's within yourself sometimes. And you go through emotions because you're like, man, I'm, I'm doing this. Like, yes, I'm hard on myself and I went through this. But for me as a kid from a village that people don't even know where it's from. Right. It doesn't even exist in many people's worlds. Right. Mm. And other than mine and my family's, it's not in, non-existent to these people. They don't know where Nasriya is. You get what I'm saying? So for me to come here and now Hussam, the gym freak, is this, this guy that everybody loves and admires. I'm like, this is insane. You know, like it doesn't process through my, my head sometimes. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And because I know you, you've also got the American Pro mm-hmm. coming up again, the second one. Yeah. So you were the MC at the first one. Yeah. I know the second one tickets are going live here at three o'clock, right? So they already went live yesterday. Are, oh, they're already live. Yep, they're already yep. live. Um, yep. So guys, if you're listening to this, if they're not already sold out, go ahead and, and go get you some tickets. Some, but yep. yeah, so I mean, you've got like, there's got to be some semblance to be on top of the world in that regard. Like the trust to mm-hmm. be really the face, the spokesperson for that big of a show. Um, yeah. What what can people expect for from this second round? You know, maybe that they didn't even get the first one. Honestly, it's, it's going to be a show and I'm excited for that one. I do got the, my first meet in February, the Ghost Clash, but I'm excited for the American Pro because I feel like I'm kind of growing with it. You know, I'm a part of it. So to let them like Micah, who's a very, you know, likes to be in control of everything and mm-hmm. Anna to let me have the spotlight and, and control the whole meet is just makes me speechless and I'm competing Saturday and then I'm, I'm announcing Sunday. So I'm hoping to break a record on Saturday and then, you know, go have fun on Sunday. A hundred percent. I mean, it's just what an opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, just one of the things that's been really cool in the last few years has been observing the sport grow, Mm -hmm. you know, um, really in the last 10, I mean, 10 years ago, Nobody knew what powerlifting was, except for people in powerlifting. True. You know, uh, and then it was just a bunch of dudes. I don't know if you ever followed uh, Bro Science on yeah. uh, YouTube back in the day. Yeah. Like he was like, yeah, powerlifters are the dudes just like playing bloody knuckles in the corner of the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's just, that's what it was, you know, and now it, it's becoming more of a mainstream thing. Part of mm-hmm. that, I feel like, has actually been TikTok, you know, of of watching guys just like randomly post stuff and it yep. going viral. People yep. being like, wow, I wish I could do that, you know, but having stuff like this, having competitions and meets like this that are for big money that are being televised yeah. that we're selling tables at, you know, anything that can make a, a, a meet that's nine hours long. Interesting. Yeah. Is a win. I agree. I mean, there's so many things going into this meet and you can tell there are certain people that are doing it the right way and changing the game. There's also, there are still people that are still doing the same old stuff. 
that are not coming with the times, but eventually they're going to have to because they're going to see nobody's doing their meets. Everybody's doing the bigger meets and, and everybody's talking about the American Pro, you know, and it deserves it deserves to be talked about, uh, especially with what how they went out last year and how they did the meet and the way it was ran and the perfection and the HD live. Like my parents were watching here and they're like, oh, my God, you're on TV and this and that. And it's like, you know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for the energy to kind of get get ramped up. I'm actually I'm chatting with Micah here in a couple episodes, so I'll I'll be eager to to get his take as it starts ramping up and yeah. as we as we get closer to that. Well, so so kind of shifting topics a little bit here. I know we kind of briefly touched on it, but mm-hmm. just kind of as we kind of discussed your backstory and how you've you've come to to where you are now. Yeah. Uh, just that that theme of gratitude, you know, that theme of just I'm blessed. You know, how has that how has that shaped just even like you as a person as you interact with you know athletes that may be newer to the sport or mm-hmm. people that are trying to get into it. Or the guys that maybe hitting your DMs are like, "Hey, man, like I did da, 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 whatever." Like, how has that just even shaped your worldview uh, now as you go about real life outside of powerlifting mm-hmm. as well? Honestly, bro, like there's there's a lot of things you could be grateful for when you think about it, right? So for me, I would say this past year was probably one of my best years to date, you know. Mm. And um, I'm I'm humble and appreciative of it because of all the ups and downs I went through. And it teaches you more. I was already like very grateful before that, but I heard I hit some some walls where I'm like, man, like life doesn't just want to come my way. You know what I mean? Mm. So I still push through it. And, you know, basically, you know, having having to be able to do nursing school while still, you know, at 27 years old, when I was 27, asking for your dad to help you out is not easy, you know, especially when you grew up in a time where you start making your own money at 18, 17. Right. Now you're 27 grown man. You got to be like, yo, pops, you know, I'm broke right now, you know, and that was never easy for me to do. But knowing I have my parents in my back kind of, you know, always teaches you that you're, you're never alone in this world, bro. And you can reach out to people. You can reach out to people that love you, even though sometimes you don't feel like you're loved, you know, which I always feel like I'm loved by everybody, honestly, that you could you reach out and people would help you out, man. And that taught me so many things. And uh, I'm grateful for it. Finished nursing school. Now I got a great job. So I'm humbled by it. You know, I work as a nurse on my normal days. And then on my, you know, side gig, I power lift and lift some heavy weights. And um, life is great, bro. You cannot be not thankful. I got a house over my head, drink water every day. I eat food. You know, I got clothes on. I ain't cold. There's people freezing in New York, Buffalo right now. People died because of the snow, because of electricity. So like, there's so many things you can sit here and talk. I can write a book of all the things I'm grateful for, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's powerful. You know, I, there has been just, I mean, decades of just some kind of push where people are like, Hey, men just need to figure their own shit out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, especially men. If a woman's 27, she's like, Hey dad, I need some help. Whatever. Cool. Absolutely. Like it's like expected, yeah. but it's, if a, if a man has to ask for help, it's like, well, what's wrong with them? Yeah, you know exactly. why 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 are you as a man, you know, not figuring everything out on your own? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I've so greatly appreciated, really, in the last year, I think the mainstream shift in guys, especially guys with platforms mm-hmm. like yourself, being able to speak up and say, no, guys, like, no man is supposed to be an island. Like, it's no. about having a community. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's about supporting the community and being supported by the exactly. community. Exactly. 
It's never easy, bro. It's never easy. But again, like you said, it's about knowing who you are, being okay with sometimes struggling because it's not easy, but it's okay. You know, I know for for a fact that now I got a stable job. I'm doing what I want to do, you know, being able to start a clothing brand and, and pushing that. I know I'm going to be able to help my dad. My dad is not worried ever for the rest of his life that I will take care of him no matter what, you know, and that's why he didn't mind helping me, taking care of me. And that's what true family is about, you know? Oh, 100%. 100%. I cannot hear you if you can hear. Oh, there you go. Your voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm right here. I was probably just mumbling away from the mic here for a second. <laughs> so, you know, we're also, it's the beginning of a new year, mm -hmm. right? It's 2023. Uh, you know, I'm, I've never been one for New Year's resolutions. So I'm like, just do whatever it is that you're going to do. But nonetheless, we are in the season of New Year's resolutions, yes. right? Gyms are full again, at mm -hmm. least for the next couple of weeks. True. There are plenty of people who are pushing uh, to, to start a new habit. Um, some of them might fall off, but some of them are, are going to stick. What are, for anyone that, that's listening or just the people in your life, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you've observed that would help make some of those more healthy habits stick as people start to try to shift how they live, whether nutrition-wise, sleep, uh, training, stuff like that? How can people manage to make that roll out more than just a couple weeks out of the year? Honestly, I would say I would say you are who you hang around. And if you're mm -hmm. hanging around people who love to party and drink and, and not really care about what they eat and what they do, you are not going to really last in, in your New Year's resolution. And you're going to go back to doing what they're doing, right? But for me, my circle, like, for example, is, is we're all grinding. We're all trying to, you know, make it every day. We're all trying to get better as humans, as siblings, as husbands, whatever the case is, you know, sons, and uh, improve as, as mentally, physically as possible, right? And consistency is the easiest way you can explain it. Things are simple, man. People complicate things. When you complicate things, they become harder. You know, I always say life is simple because when you make things simple, it's easier to go about your day. When you look at it, you just got to wake up. You just got to eat a meal. You just got to get to the gym. You know, it's as simple as that. We got cars, you know, it's not that hard. Keep it simple. Keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my old uh, nutrition coach, her whole thing was keep it simple, stupid, yeah, you know, exactly. um, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to rag on anybody who's, who's making their business off of selling stuff. If you can manage to sell people stuff by all means, like go, go <laughs> do, for you, do your thing, <laughs> make your money, you go know, for but, it. but it is, it is really simple, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I do feel for, you know, I, I saw this guy on, on TikTok posted something a few weeks ago, uh, about planet fitness. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, he was just ragging on the people that were at Planet Fitness. Yeah. And I like stitched it. And I was like, look, dude, like I hate Planet Fitness just as much as the next guy, but like mm. because they're a corporation, like not because of the people that are in it. Like every single one of us walked into the gym for the first time. True. You know, every single one of us didn't know what we were doing with a bar on our back. Yeah. Or we were picking up a bar in the deadlift and immediately hurt our lower back. Like all of us have like done yeah. the things wrong, you know, and, and, but at the end of the day, like, powerlifting, bodybuilding, CrossFit, any of the strength disciplines mm -hmm. were meant to be inclusive. True. You know, I, I really firmly believe that anyone who can lift a barbell should, I agree. Um, because that's just, that's how I felt welcome. That's how I found who I was. You mm -hmm. know, it's how a lot of people have. Um, and I think one of the things that I, I wish I would see more of, especially from like these young guys, not that like either of us are in like our forties, but uh -huh. like the dudes in high school, you know, who are blowing up is a little bit more of that 
attitude of, hey, like everybody else has to start too. Yep. You know? That's the thing. Like I was talking to one of my boys and um, I don't want to drop names or anything, <clears throat> even though I don't really care, but I don't want to put his business out there. Sure, sure. I put my business out there. Um, but yeah, we were talking because we're trying to collapse certain things, you know, with my brand and the brand he's got going on. And some some young guy reached out to him and was basically, you know, like, you guys want to sponsor me and I could, you know, take you guys far and stuff. And when they said, we'll let you know, he literally got upset and was like, oh, never mind. You know, people mm. are people are so entitled now that are young just because they have a big following. And it's mm. not about no, it's not really about a big following. It's about your character. It's about who you are as a human. You know, Instagram could be deleted right now. What are you? You get what I'm saying? When social media is deleted at the end of the day and you ask them that question, who are you? What are they going to say? All these young young influencers, mm. right? Mm. You get what I'm saying? So, But you got those smart ones as well that are growing companies and stuff like that. Those ones, I give them props. But the ones that are doing it the wrong way, eventually you'll burn out. Eventually your, your time comes to an end, right? There's a new somebody upcoming that's going to come and take over your spot. Just like how you took over somebody else's spot. You know what I mean? So a flooded a flooded industry is not going to be flooded that much when you keep having people coming up and you got to make ways for those new ones coming up, you know? Yeah. So, well the top the top of the pyramid can't have too many people at top, you know. Exactly. Um you know, I I think of um I think of like hybrid. Mm -hmm. You know, hybrids 4 or 5 years ago was, was it. Was the show, you know? I, I was part of the beta testing group for that. Like I was there at the jump. Like I remember when that was the thing. Yeah. And now Steffi's off boxing. She's yeah. just doing her thing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Hayden's wandering around somewhere in Canada lifting weights, you know, True. great for both of them. But hybrid isn't it anymore. Alex is yeah. off doing go strong. You know, other things have to develop Life changes. And I think, Social, like the push of social media in the last few years has made everything so short term focused mm -hmm. that people forget that like two years isn't the end game here, no. you know, for anything like you have to establish yourself outside with it. That's great. You got 70,000 followers. Congrats. That's awesome. Like, yeah. fantastic. Like you said. Instagram could just go to Elon Musk could just go buy another social media platform and tank it. <laughs> like, who knows? You exactly. Know? Exactly. Oh, I agree. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it is. It, it's it's a world that you'd think that I would have a better idea of as someone mm -hmm. in my 20s. I just don't like I just don't care, you know, because at the end of the day, we realize like it's these interactions, right? It's it's the guys who you can walk up to the gym and have a normal conversation with that matter. You yeah, know, I, that I agree. And speaking of like you were saying, Planet Fitness, people hanging on Planet Fitness and stuff like that. When you think about, you know, the, the NFL, if you had every single football player just playing in the nfl would that be fun to watch you know mm. not really if you had every single lifter come to our powerlifting gyms you think we would have good workouts and be who we are no it would be over infested we would be looking at what are these people doing so you need our stepping stones it's like the nba you have college you have you know the under leagues you know the minor leagues all these things you know where you have people coming up slowly and that's how people grow imagine you had all these people not knowing what they're doing at your powerlifting oh gym, it would be a mess. Ugh, it would be a mess. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, there are people are designed for different mm -hmm. types of gyms. There's a reason that there's different types of gyms. Yep. You know yeah. that e even if Plant Fitness isn't your jump, say Gold's Gym or Anytime or something like that is where you start out, right? 
some guys are going to want to push towards Olympic weightlifting, right? Mm -hmm. They see someone like Wes Kitts uh, throwing, snatching, you know, 500 pounds. They're like, oh, that sounds great. And they're going to go towards a Cal Strength type gym. You know, maybe they're going to see, you know, a CrossFitter uh, in the back doing something ungodly where you're like, I don't even know that it's humanly possible. I want to try it. You know, like there's there's offshoots, right? Um, Like I think of my gym. I train out of DMV Iron and – I was literally talking to a couple of guys. They did an open house mm-hmm. uh, yesterday and I was in the posing room after my workout and there's these two young high school dudes that were in there and they're like, Hey man, like you know, like they always like look nervous and like, yeah. I'm not a big dude. Like I just like in size and big, I'm not yeah. like a big person out. And they're like, Hey man, like you a member here? And I was like, yeah, man, like you guys should join. And then we had like a five minute conversation in uh-huh. there. And for both of them, their whole things are like, wow, like, someone in this gym is talking to us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, well, of course I am. Like, I'm just like in the, the gym. But like, I had to like go back to being in high school and I was like, oh wow, like there's this grown man at this specialty gym that's talking to me right now. You know, like yeah. getting outside of our own heads and realizing that like everyone else in the world has mm-hmm. a cognizant mind is significant. True. I agree. I've had all these interactions happen, honestly. And then always people are like, man, you're so nice after they talk to me. You know, one of the incidents I had a my last prep, I had my heaviest squat. So I usually use most of the red plates, you know, so I needed seven reds on each side. I was going for 838. And Mm -hmm. um, so I was I was loading them up. And then this girl was like scared to ask me, like, hey, can we share? You know, and she was asking the guy next to me to tell me. And I heard her because I didn't have my headphones on. And I'm like, yeah, you can take whatever you want. And she's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, we can go back and forth. We share. I don't mind at all, you know. And she was so blown away because I was the bigger guy. And she just assumed I'm an a-hole. Are we allowed to trust here? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. She thought I was an okay. asshole. So, like, I'm like, no, not at all. You know, she was so, like, blown away. She's like, I really thought you are mean and this and that. And now when they see me at the gym, every single person always says hi to me because I'm just, you know, I like to make them realize that it doesn't mean that just because you're big, you're mean. You know, usually our bigger guys are like teddy bears. We're super nice, you know. But when I was younger, I'll tell you this, and I used to go to the gyms, the bigger guys used to be assholes, bro. And our age, when we were 16, 17, you better get the hell out of my way, son. You know, that was That was the yep. way it is. If I want to use this machine, you get off, you know? <laughs> so, like, I, I always was like, if I ever get older and I become that tough guy in the gym or stronger or a big guy, I never would treat these youngers like that. You know, I try to give them advice, help them out. Even though sometimes they do wrong forms, I'll go teach them and stuff, let them know, like, yo, if you want to learn, I can give you advice. If you don't, I'll mind my business. And most of the time, they want to learn, you know? Yeah. Well, it was that, that old school old lifters like that west side mentality right of like get out like if you're not here pring like get out of the gym yeah you know uh you know you think of like captain kirk you know mm-hmm. where he's like hey if you're in my squat rack in five minutes i'm throwing a 45 pound plate at your head <laughs> you know like that mm-hmm. that mindset has shifted you oh, know yeah. which is which is good because it's made it more accessible you know as oh, much yeah. as I love, I still love that hardcore, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to sleep in my car and, you know, all my, all my trend needles are in the back seat. You know, where it's like, okay, like everything, anything is right there. Like, of also being able to recognize that being human is still pretty cool, True. you know, actually re- re- reacting and, and behaving like you're a human being goes a long way because eventually, yeah, you aren't going to be able to lift like you can now, you mm-hmm. know, take yep. a look at Ronnie. You know, Ronnie at this point is on crutches. He's having to take painkiller, but like he doesn't regret it no. because even at his peak, 
I don't know if you watched that interview on, on his podcast. So he said, hey, uh, you know, if you could do one thing different. He goes, I wish I had squatted 800 for five. Like, that was his bit. He mm-hmm. was like, I should have just squatted, you know. But, like, yeah. because everything was so positive, everything was so community-oriented, now, 30 years later, he's like, man, I'm just glad to still be here. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to, you know, someone else who may have been a little bit more, uh, it's just me against the world, who now is still me against the world, but not an impressive lifter anymore. True. You know? True. I agree. And that's where, like, I feel like I grew that mentality from wrestling is that self-aggression, self-control, you know, because when I was young and, and angry, I would lose myself and do dumb mistakes. So I realized as I got older, the more controlled I am, the more ease I am with my brain and actually processing what's going on, the better I'll become at it. You know, whatever it is. It's not only it's not only lifting that I'm talking about. It's honestly school, life, mm. everything. You know, the more calm, the more collective you are in your head, the more you can think logically and not emotionally, you know? 100%. Well, so one of the things I've been really excited to, to chat about has been this question of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that that plays a, a real role um, in, in your life and, and your training, your mentality. Of course, coming from Iraq and, and coming from the Middle East, you know, that's a, faith is a big part of culture. You yeah. know, it, it's a real driving factor. Uh, so as you've developed and, and grown, you know, in the, on the Western side of the world as well, mm-hmm. um, combining those two cultures, you know, with your own faith, what does that look like? And what's the impact that that's had on your training and just your worldview in general? Honestly, talking about faith, you know, I am I am a Muslim. You know, I am not the greatest one, obviously. I don't think I am sure. the greatest human as well. But I try my best as, as a human to not hurt no human, you know, and, and be the best practicing Muslim I could be, right? And uh, I just wanted to show people that it's not it's not bad or embarrassing to show your your faith, to show your, your religion, to show what you believe in, especially in this day and age where people want to cancel everybody out, right? Mm-hmm. To me, is is at the end of the day, you got to tr- stay true to yourself, you know? And in any country you go to, whether it's Western, Eastern, you know, Middle East, whatever it is, you will have the bad and the good, right? And the cultures. And what I've learned here, you could either learn from the bad or learn from the good. And then I developed uh, the good traits in this culture because there are so many good culture traits in America, you know, from learning how to become independent, learning how to, you know, strive for things that you want to get to, learning that there is no limitation in life. You know, Mm. you actually, whatever you set your mind to, you can achieve while still being able to believe in your culture, have the freedom to make your own choices, you know, to still be a family person. You know, when I was younger, I thought I needed to, like, go live on my own and be on, on my own shit and just leave me alone, dad and mom. But now it's like, you know, we're all together. I'm always talking to my dad of what we should do, how we should grow, what business we should open, all these things, you know. Mm-hmm. And all that taught me, I learned from this culture, you know, because in the in the Middle Eastern culture is you follow your dad's steps, you take over what your dad's doing, you know, and you carry the, na- the name of the family. And that's all that matters, you know. But when you come to this culture, is it's about yourself. It's about the people you love around you and not everybody outside. And that's the difference mm. between cultures, you know, from back home and back here. And that's, that's kind of yeah. what I've merged all together. Wow, yeah. So my, my immediate follow-up that actually I've been wanting to ask here for a little bit, when you first came to the U.S., mm-hmm. what were some of the most stark, like, cultural things you're like i can't like this is normal like what were some of those like initial culture shock things for you when i was a kid it was when i was a kid it was totally the kids talking to their parents 
yeah. you know, telling their parents to shut up and yell at them. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I would, <laughs> I would get the head. <laughs> like, what's going on here, you know? Or cuss, bro. People cuss. Like, I'm 28 years old. My dad has never heard me cuss. Right. I don't say fuck word in front of my dad. I don't say any right. word. Not in English, <laughs> right. not in Arabic, bro. And right. I don't dare, and I don't raise my voice high when I'm around my dad. When I see sometimes people like talking to their dad and I'm like, fuck you, dad. And I'm like, what is going on here, bro? Like, that's your father, bro. <laughs> right. You know, right. So those, those things always catch me off guard, you know, the respect yeah. factor. Oh my gosh! Well, so I I was I'm from the south, right? So mm-hmm. the south, like it's the same deal. Like you don't you don't say anything to your mm-hmm. parents. Like you're gonna you're gonna get the belt. You know, like my my parents' big thing was they had a uh, they had like a pizza paddle spoon. Um, I come from an Italian family, uh, and so they had the the this big you know pizza thing that you you shoveled out of the ovens with. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, if I if I misspoke, to be like all right, like bend over, bro. <laughs> So, so I've been learned. It's funny, you know, as an adult of how my relationship with my parents shifts, you know, of it going, obviously will always be parent and child, but of it still being adult and adult, you know, of of that, that shift. And it it takes people a few years, you know, to get used to that. I remember when I got my first tattoo, uh, my mom was like, she was she wasn't mad she was like crying uh-huh. she's like oh I, like please don't don't get another one like oh, please man. don't get another that one sounds like and so I was like, <laughs> and I was like oh so then you know i wait a couple years i'm like okay i'm gonna let her get over it you know because mm-hmm. the first one i think i was 20 so i wait a few years i get another one uh and i, I sent her a picture and it took her a week to respond you know and oh, then wow. she was like okay it looks good and now like she's like oh that actually lo- does look great but you know like of how the parent and the child both have to adjust to yeah. all right this is this is my kid like i did what i needed to do mm-hmm. you know like i did my job they're out of the house like they'll figure it out you yeah. know but yes that 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 whole yeah i would never cuss out my parents i uh-uh. no. i i'd be terrified of their wrath <laughs> it's funny you talked about the tattoos my mom's reaction is the same way every yeah. single time I have a whole leg sleeve now, and my mom is still like, it's your last one, right? <laughs> I'm like, like it's, sure. it's a little too late now, yeah? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm filled with them. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. It, it, well, it, it's that semblance of control, right? They're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you're done now, so, like, it's okay. Like, we can we can hold here. You're like, nah, yeah. to be honest, I'll probably get another couple one. More, yeah. Couple more. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I think I had this conversation with uh, I had this conversation with Travis, who uh, you know obviously like every oh, inch of that man's body. Yeah, and I think it was right after he got the headpiece done, uh-huh. and you know he was like, "Yeah, man, like at this point, like I don't think there's anything left. Like I might as well go ahead and get my dick tattooed at this point." And I was like, "I mean, for sure, man. Like you do what you got to do, but like please don't post that on Instagram." <laughs> <laughs> And that's that's the joke my dad always says whenever I come with a new tattoo. He's like, "Why don't you just get your head tattooed, huh?" And I'm like, "You want me to?" He's like, "No, no, don't do it, don't do it." <laughs> I was like, "That's hilarious." Well, especially in the last few years, like that's shifted a lot. Like yeah. the, the I think the the mindset around the stigma around tattoos. You know, when we were kids, it was like, "Oh, if you if you get a tattoo, and anybody can see it. You ain't getting a job." Yeah. And now it's like, you don't have tattoos, like you're not getting a job. You yeah. know, like yeah. it, it's now it's what makes you look accessible. Yeah, you know, to cover like, my oh, tattoos. You know? Really? Yeah. When I first started nursing school, I have I have so my arm from here to here. I used to wear a white sleeve to cover it, and now I don't wear wow. anything. 
Oh, wow. Did, did the school require it, or it was just you mentally? Yeah, it was, like, no, it was a Catholic school, so they required okay. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah that, that, that lines up. Yeah, so they're like, <laughs> you got to cover it. I'm like, sure. Now, I, nobody says anything. Patients are always like, man, your tattoos are dope. I'm like, y'all should yeah, see my, love it. my light tattoos. Those are the dope ones. <laughs> You're like, hey, let me take my pants off real fast. Check out the light. <laughs> that, that would be an issue. <laughs> I did oh, that when man. I first got, I, I just got a tattoo for my birthday. My birthday was, what, like seven, eight days ago. Um, so I got a gorilla with like a bunch of stuff around it. I love gorillas. And I was at, we were at the bar with my friends. We were playing pool. It's a pool bar. Mm-hmm. And we're playing pool. And my boys were all like, man, we want to see your tattoo. And I'm like, you guys do? They're like, yeah. I just dropped my pants. I'm like, here y'all go. Y'all like it. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you're crazy. I'm like, I mean, I wear a singlet to lift weights. I wrestled in a singlet. Exactly. Like, I'm, like, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, like, it's, it's Gucci. <laughs> You know? Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm a, I'm I a wild a, one. I had a conversation with my aunt uh, maybe a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was commenting as I so like I said my my top weight class I compete in the 308s uh, and I'm working my way back down. I'm down to 240 right now. Oh wow! And um, as I've gotten lighter, mm-hmm. I've started posting with less clothing on, right? Because I'm just getting adjusted to it. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I can be a little bit more slutty, you know, with, uh, my, with my Instagram post. So she makes a comment. She was like, Moses, like, do I need to, like, unfollow you on Instagram? I was like, hey, man, you do whatever you want. Like, I'm mad comfortable with this. Like, it's going to get worse before it gets better for you guys. That's what I was talking because I'm just going to keep it on more, you know? I remember those days. It's funny because when I started, I used to always be, you know, shirtless and all that. And when I first started powerlifting, not many people used to do shirtless stuff. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I came from a bodybuilding background and came into the right. powerlifting world, I didn't care. I'm like, hey, I don't want to wear a shirt today. So I would just take it off, you know. Exactly. And now it's like everybody does it. So now I just don't do it anymore. Oh, you know, yeah, it became cool. Yeah, it became know? like everybody. But, I'm like, eh. Well, it became cool for like all the dudes like under 150 pounds. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's all like the light. No, nobody's seen the thick boys, you know, out here shirtless, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I remember I was training a couple of years ago and uh, it was like 100 something degrees in the gym. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sweating bullets. I was like, I'm not wearing a shirt. And one of the guys came over. He's like, wow, man, you got a real boiler there, huh? And I was like, all <laughs> right, dude, like, I get it. I get it. Like, <laughs> I put my shirt back on. He's like, no, 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 take it off. Take it off. <laughs> let me live, bro. Let me live. Yeah, I was like, dude, look, let me just deadlift, bro. Like, I don't do that. <laughs> Sometimes it's comfortable, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Oh, 100%. Our, our gym right now doesn't have uh, AC. So uh, when it's when it's hot, it's it's hot. Yeah, and you're same. just stripping off layers. It's just... We have, we have fans it. in the corner here. Yep. Yep. The, the industrial fans up in the yep. corners that aren't helping yep. with anything unless you're directly in front of it. Bro, it's so tough working out in the summer. You're sweating your ass off. You're cramping everywhere. I'm like, bro... This ain't mm-hmm. easy. You're literally just having to like coat your back in chalk mm-hmm. because it's the only way the bar doesn't just slip right off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, horrible. I'm I'm not looking forward to. I'm enjoying it being still like somewhat cold, so that I can just enjoy yeah. training here for a few months before. Yeah, it is just. I like I like oh. the the 50s to 65s. Yeah, I feel like that's perfect training weather. Yep. You know. Yep. I would so. agree with that. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Okay, so one of the last big questions I got for you, uh, and the, it's the the classic. Uh, mm-hmm. This is called Faith Fitness and French Toast. Uh, I'm a big foodie, right? Only way I was ever going to get over 300 pounds is I had to be a big foodie, right? So breakfast in general for me is 
is major. My question for you is, one breakfast food above all else, it could be anything, what is it and why? Damn, that's a tough one. I got a couple. I can only choose one? I'll I'll let you go with both. I'll let you go with both. We'll, We'll bend the rules a little bit here. Well, I do love French toast. Okay, that's I a can, cop-out answer, but I, for sure. Yeah. I, can, I can eat French toast every single day. Yeah. You know, but there is a thing called a manwich. A it's manwich? A, yes, it's an Arabic thing. So it's called a manouche in Arabic. So it's kind of like a cheese pie, and it's made with dough and bread, and then they put cheese on it. And then they turn that cheese pie into a sandwich, so they merge the words together, manouche and sandwich, manwich. You get it? Oh yeah. And I'm what they put what they put in it is they put like lettuce, tomatoes, and then they do turkey bacon. Yep. And then there's another one that's called the sujo. That one is like um like a different type of beef meat. Okay. And it's just phenomenal. I can eat that every day. I'm craving it now that I'm talking about it. <laughs> Man, it's like I'm getting my car, I'm gonna go find somewhere you can get one. So I'm gonna go get there... that as a pre workout right now. So yeah, so is there a, is there an Arabic store nearby that you yeah. or a restaurant nearby that you go and, and can get? It's called King's Bakery. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so is that the best man what you've had? Is that at King's Bakery or is that going to be back home? Well, no, that's here. They don't make that back home. They created that in their in that place. Whoa! Wow. Yeah, okay. they created it in that place. They usually don't do that. They usually mix like cheese with meat, so they'll do like a cheese with meat pie. So they'll put meat, cook it, and put cheese on top of it. You know, okay, and then it's like about like this big, and it's round, so they close it in half. Right. So like when you pull it, it's like I mean, I gotta send you like a like a video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're on your way to the gym, you order one. Just send me a video of it. I'm like, this is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have me great. driving up north to go get one. Yeah. It's... <clears throat> that's that's my Arabic one. If I go English, okay. I would go American. I would do French toast with a gyros skillet. Okay. Okay. I can I can I can live with that. Yeah, I can live with that. Uh, That's also the down, down the street. Yeah, everything. Well, hey, that means you're living in the right place. I know. You know That's if you, why. If you, I if back you can get everything. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, people. The funniest questions I get on the gram is, "What's your macros and how do you eat?" And I'm just like, "Bro, I don't track macros and I eat whatever is in sight." Like, like I don't have a restriction. I eat to lift. That's what I always tell people. I eat to get powerful. Like, so if I'm hungry to eat a burger, I'm going to give myself a burger, you know? When I'm eating breakfast, I try to get as much carbs as I can. That's kind of my energy source before working out. So if I only have eggs for breakfast, I'm, I'm going to feel like shit working out, you know? So. so I need bread. I need stuff like that. My muffins, you know, how it goes. But yeah, that's into I, the I, muffins I all the time, so. Oh god, I love muffins. I, so I'm not a bit. I don't have a huge like sweet tooth, but like baked goods, it's over for me. Like Ooh, you there's gotta a come to Michigan then, dude. I'm telling you, there's there's a. So I'm a big Trader Joe's guy. That's where I do all my shopping, right? Okay. So Trader Joe's. Here's the thing: when you go to Trader Joe's, you go in, you're like, ah, I'm, I'm going to get a loaf of bread, milk, whatever. Then suddenly you see about 27 different items you didn't realize that you needed. Then mm-hmm. suddenly you're like, ah, I do need maple, bacon, chicken, sausage, whatever. I'm like, I, I didn't know this existed, but like, this is something I've needed. I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, <clears throat> like two weeks ago, I was meeting a buddy of mine at this like little Italian bakery, and there was a Trader Joe's parking lot that was free if you were a Trader Joe's customer, but otherwise it was like 20 bucks an hour. Mm. So I was like, okay, like I'm just going to park here and I'll go pick up a loaf of bread or something after I leave the bakery. Okay. Silly me. So I go into Trader Joe's 
and I go pick up my loaf of bread. And of course I like see all of the plethora of great items. Mm-hmm. And right next to me, I, it's called pancake bread. Ooh. So pancake bread is essentially, it's like they've made, made like a buttermilk pancake, like batter, but they've baked it into a loaf of bread. Wow. So it's like a sweet loaf, right? Brother, when I tell you, I sat down and I ate an entire loaf of bread that evening. Jeez. I just, I was like, I was like, this is the play. I couldn't tell you the last time I ate a loaf of bread in one sitting. I felt so sick later, but I was like, I don't regret it. This was fire. This was great. I, I got to go to Trader Joe's now to find that loaf. I'll tell you, bro, pancake bread. Uh, it, yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm, but I'm you'll go surprised. in and still end up with like 20 different items. You're like, oh, I didn't know I needed tangerine juice, but here I am. You know, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Well, that's how it is when I, I went to get my uh, my nephew, it was his birthday on the 30th, cookies, you know, and my boy owns a place out here in, in Michigan, Dearborn, it's called Treat You Better, and I got a dozen, you know, and I got there and I'm like, boy, I ate like three of them before I gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it's like the dad tax, the uncle tax right there. And, and like, then yet, I yesterday could... I went, hung out with my brother and he's like, yeah, he didn't eat any of the cookies. His mom did. He she ate all of them. <laughs> I'm like, they, they are that good. They are that good. <laughs> you oh know? Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hey, uh, you know, last thing I got for you here, obviously, you got American Pro upcoming. You've mm-hmm. got your own meet upcoming. What what can people expect from you? What, what do you got moving forward? I know you're pitching the new brand. Kind of just give us the spiel. Man, this year, I mean, you know, a lot of people are new year, new me. But for me, I, I want to go at the same rhythm I went last year. I had a mm. great mentality. I give myself a lot of props. And, and, you know, that's one thing people don't do as well. They don't give themselves credit when they do something good and, and they get through a tough year, you know. So I give myself a lot of credit. Tattoos are usually what I give myself as a gift, you know. So I earned that one last year. Um, but this year, I want to go same route. You know, my uh, I'm doing the Ghost Clash in February 19 in Miami. That one I'm hoping to get the world record uh, squat, and hopefully if my grip stays intact and everything goes to well, go for the world record total as well at 242. And um, American Pro, I want to kind of do something crazy. I want to, if I hit my 2320, over 2320, this me coming up in Ghost Clash, I would love to go above and beyond and get up the rankings, maybe beat John Hack, you know? Yeah. So that's, yep. that's the big goal, man. I, I think I'm capable of it. I just got to put in the time. And, and I haven't, what people don't realize is that past two years, I was in nursing school. So I never had the time to do my back offs. I never had time to do accessories. So now I got the time. So we'll see how my body adapts to the, all the training that we'll be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So big man, be- best of luck with all that. I know mm-hmm. we'll, everyone, including myself, will be, be watching, eager to, to see perform. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, with the assistance of pancake bread and a manwich that uh, all, all these dreams can come true. Uh, all, all these could come true. Mm-hmm. Um, well, folks, this has just been a, a great conversation. Uh, if you want to get a little bit more uh, from Hussam, you can find him at Hussam the Gym Freak on Instagram. Uh, if you want more from me, you can find me at Big Mo Powerlifting or Faith Fitness Podcast. If you're listening to this on audio and you want to look at both of our beautiful mugs as well, you can go find this on YouTube. 100%. I see him throwing up a peace sign right now um, as well. But with that, folks, we will see you next week with Kevin Pitbull Torres.
Back I want to say one more thing. So I honestly want to say this is I've done plenty of podcasts before, but I just want to thank you for having me on. And this was my favorite podcast. I appreciate that. Many chat. things we talked about was just not powerlifting. I love powerlifting, but I like to talk about it all the time. And you gave me the opportunity to talk about everything else besides powerlifting. So thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Folks, this was just a great conversation with Hussam Atea at Hussam the Gym Freak on Instagram, like I said there at the end. Hey, if you love that episode and you're craving just a little bit more from me, you can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere else that podcasts are streamed at Faith Fitness and French Toast, or check out our new YouTube page, Faith Fitness Podcast, or on Instagram at Faith Fitness Podcast for full interviews, trailers, and more for season seven. We have a brilliant guest list for this season with the likes of Micah Marino, Kaylor Woolham, and Andre Melaniachev. So don't forget to turn on your post notifications on Instagram. Stay connected on your platform of choice to be the first to hear about guest announcements and early episode releases. With that, as always, I'm Moses Allwood. Thanks as always for listening. I'll see you next time with Kevin Pitbull Torres.